Hi, thanks for tuning in. I'm Jess Gandy, and you're listening to the RLT. In today's episode, we're talking about empathetic leadership, a topic that's really important at a time like right now. So on behalf of the recruiting programs team, we hope you enjoy. Okay. Welcome everyone. Today we have one of our leaders here who leads our exec recruiting team. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Rebecca Dappen. I have been here at Zillow since June of 2018 and I lead executive recruiting. The role of executive recruiting is to work with our senior leadership team to help them identify leaders that essentially take the company forward. So we're moving fast to Zillow 2.0 and our job is to partner with our leaders to identify those individuals who are going to help them accelerate the business objectives of their specific areas of interest and connect the company together so we can build the sort of unified platform that we're all trying to build. Well, I noticed on your LinkedIn that it says, her mission is to identify leaders who cultivate transparency, accountability, and empathy. So what does empathy and leadership mean to you? Empathy and leadership to me means showing up for an individual, being with them in the moment, recognizing that we all have our own series of successes and failures. An empathetic leader understands how hard life is, how difficult the challenges can be that we face and We show up in a way that acknowledges it, that validates how that individual is feeling Mm -hmm. and gives them space to just be in that moment. It's an empathetic leader showing up with empathy. I've been thinking about compassion recently, particularly in this time of COVID, which Lord, it's just been hard for everyone. It's been hard for me. I have two boys and trying to figure out how to be a mom and at some point a teacher and a businesswoman. And I just never got to pull off those hats. And so it was a never ending day of multitude of jobs. And I appreciated the empathy that I received from Annie, from Travis, from other people, like my support system. So I've been thinking about compassion, like the action component of empathy, stealing this from Simon Sinek who says that compassion is empathy plus action. And as a leader, I like this idea of compassion. So it's one thing to say, I see you're in a hole. Something must have brought you there. And I'm going to sit there with you for a minute and just let you be here, give you the space you need. And then there's another option for us as leaders to say, and how can I help? What can I do? I can hold space for you, which is sometimes what somebody needs. Just to know that somebody else is thinking about them and caring about them in the moment. It could be, I can help you solve through this. To offer the action component, not doing it for an individual, but just offering that next step to try to pull them through whatever situation they're in. So I think that empathy in a leader is critical. It's critical. It separates good from great. Leaders who can lean into empathy and just take a minute to say, It's not catastrophic. We're going to get through it. But to take it to the next step of compassion and say, can I help? It's a space that I am getting curious about and looking for in myself 
and looking for in other leaders, looking for how compassion is showing up in their leadership style today, because this idea of action is what prompts change. And so I think that's why I like empathy plus action equals compassion, because we are in a constant state of change today. And I think it's what helps us all get through. It inspires us. It connects us. It gives us sort of purpose and meaning and aligns us, like brings us like that kind of synergy that sometimes we need to carry things forward in this environment that we're not alone and that we have a support Mm -hmm. system here. And you have a leader who's not only in it with you, but is willing to act on your behalf as well. That kind of voice right now is incredibly important for leaders. What kind of struggles have you seen people going through during this time of COVID? All the struggles. (laughs) So it's important to know, while I I deal in people, I, I love recruiting. It's been my career for decades. I actually like being alone. What do you call that? An extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert? I always get them backwards. I love learning about people and taking them in, but I root in my home. So there's like my Zillow tagline. I am rooted in my home. It's a place that I come for comfort. And so when I started working from home, I was like, this is great. What I realized is home takes on a different meaning for so many people. If you're working in your bedroom and your office is in a closet and you work (laughs) when you sleep, right? These are things like these are real struggles. And so with my team, every time we would meet, I would just ask for a thumbs up, down, middle, where are we in space and time right now? And just let it land. And I think the things that we've worked through as a leader are primarily just what I call life adjustments. Mm -hmm. And so that's physical, that's emotional, that's mental. There's so much life adjustment happening. And so it has been, how do I effectively run my day and not let my day run me? I think I'm still working on that a bit. How do I show up for my partners, my friends, my loved ones, and still show up for me? I think that's something that we continue to look at. How do I adjust in this post-COVID world? I'm a super social person, and I have no one to be social with. This two-dimensional socialization isn't working for me. And how do I grow a career in a two-dimensional world? We talk a lot about that. How do I continue to connect with the people that I might normally connect with in my day-to-day in Seattle or in San Francisco. I'm the only person in Denver on my team. It's just having real conversations about where we are. And in fact, on my team, I have a rule. If you need to tag out for whatever reason, if you're feeling overwhelmed and you ask for help, you literally just use like the raise your hand emoji and there's no questions asked. We say, how can I help? And we jump in. Or if you need to tag out for the day, you're having a life attack, you just need a minute shoot me a Slack that says I need a minute. And there's no apologizing. There's no explanation unless you feel compelled to. And so I think these days it's been just trying to meet people where they are. And what I've noticed, it can change hour over hour. That's how quickly it can change right now. And having empathy for the fact that that is really where we are and then offering resources and help and support. These are some of the real challenges that we're facing, trying to balance all of the things in life that previously were slightly compartmentalized. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. How do you balance giving people space and showing empathy with accountability and still moving the work forward 
and making sure people are getting things done? Yeah, that's a great question because business needs to progress. If business needs to progress, that means the job needs to be done. And so I look for the middle way. It's like my favorite saying, I'm always seeking the middle way. I'm also the middle child. So I don't know if that tells you anything. It's this idea of we can accomplish the objectives of the business and your objectives. So here's where transparency comes in. Being very transparent about where we're headed and the role that that individual plays in the directionality of where we're headed. Here is what you have to accomplish. Like these are the important mile markers for you to know that you are on track in in enabling our success and we're delivering on time. So it's starting there with very clear conversation about expectations. This is what needs to happen. Remove the person and just talk about the action. This is what needs to happen. And so now we layer in life and their specific pieces. We talk about if they can hit these mile markers and if they can, do they need assistance? Like how? So the first is, let's take a look at your life. And if you can hit these mile markers, great. If not, let's talk about what you can hit. So now we're going into middle way. Mm -hmm. And so we recalibrate the goal. And if it's acceptable, we move forward. Mm -hmm. If it's not acceptable, then we talk about help. We talk about how. Mm -hmm. How do you motivate your team? (laughs) I, I don't know. I should have a better answer than I don't know. (laughs) So this is an interesting piece of leadership. So just quick note, it's captain of my cheerleading squad in high school. Most people are either shocked or just not shocked at all to know that I was a cheerleader, like tiny little school. So captain of my cheerleading squad. And I have always found that motivation is internal. If like people do things when they feel connected to it, not because I'm waving my pom-poms. Mm-hmm. How do I motivate them? I think I work with them to figure out how they motivate them. So we talk a lot about the why and where their value connection is to the why. And like the long and the short of it is sometimes we have things that we need to do that aren't motivating. They are part of business. And if they're part of the greater why, then usually like we can skate through that part. I spend more time mirroring that question back to my team. We talk in terms of, does it make energy or take energy? So motivation is make energy. And oftentimes the take energy just requires some reframing. So we have to look at what takes energy or it requires reprocessing or it requires simplification or clarity to make energy. Mm -hmm. And if it's really not making energy at all, then it also means that maybe they're not aligned to their, their path and purpose, which I'm a recruiter. I'm all about path and purpose. Let's put you in the space that you need to be to elevate you to whatever life's next adventure is for you. And so motivation is not an external thing that I do. It's not me. It's about my team. And I look for, I think, inspiration over motivation. Mm. If you're inspired, then what's the next action step? So inspiration plus action is maybe motivation. I don't know. I just made that up. But that's, that's what I do. The idea of leaders having to lead, which means like, I need to do this for you, is inherently something that I can't wrap my mind around. Leadership is simply showing up as who you are, authentically who you are, and encouraging others to do the same in a manner that is safe, is positive, is high vibe. For me, it's about helping people realize that we are all leaders. 
it's like an action. It's how we show up and present ourselves. I don't think I motivate my team. I think I ask a lot of questions and try to align their passion and purpose with things that will make energy. And then sometimes I send out like witty emails with a lot of alliteration because I'm a fan of alliteration to get people jazzed or a funny meme. But mostly it's that internal spark. Just about everything we need is inside of us. And so it's about connecting them to that inner spark so they don't need me to motivate. Like my goal as a leader is to not be needed. To have such a powerful team, you don't need me around because you have a team who can act and work as a team and like step into their full power to drive the business forward. I don't need to be involved. That's always been my goal is to sort of make myself irrelevant. Probably not a great goal. It's sort of how I look at leadership is that I can step away and nobody even knows I'm gone. Yeah. It seems like when you talk about leadership, your view is very internal and humanistic and empathetic. Who in your life really inspired and brought that out of you? Are there leaders that come to mind when you think of people who really shaped this humanistic side of you? Yeah, of course. Like I had amazing childhood and my parents my parents basically said, you keep showing up as you and with hard work, you can be whatever you want. Man, I believed it. You know, I wanted to be a ballerina lawyer. <laughs> what right. a combo. Right? I was going to like fight for humanity and dance. <laughs> <laughs> and dance. Dance. I still love to dance. If we were passing each other in the hallway, and, and someday we will be, you will see me just stop and bust a move sometimes. Like I can't, if it's a good song, I can't help myself. I digress. So my mom was deeply spiritual. I, I think I connected with her spirituality much later in life. Like I understood what it was. I understood her connection to self, her knowing of herself. To me, that translated to my knowing of myself, which was my first key of, wait, I do not need external this, that, and the other. I need feedback. I need people who love me. Like there are certain external factors that we need, but internally, it's up to me to live my life. Like this is my life. It's just how I show up. I translated that into leadership. You know, I also had a couple of examples of what I would say are not ideal leaders. So sometimes what we don't want shows us like a very spotlighted path for where we do want to go. Cause you know, you don't want to go down that hallway. So you're like, I'm just going to go this way. I'm going to go with what I know to be true. It's hard. Like my dad taught me about hard work and like sacrifice. Also being a leader, and this is an important thing that I learned about myself is like being a leader means that you actually rarely get your way. Mm -hmm. And you have to be okay with that. My vision of how I've grown as a leader is mostly taking little bits and pieces from people that I admire, which is like such a gift in recruiting because all you get to do is ask people questions about their life and their strengths and you, all of these lessons. So it's just a constant learning opportunity. And I think I let them sit with me to say, how do I want to show up as a human? I really do think that a lot of how I've honed myself as a leader is rooted in my mom, which is about being authentic and about being kind. Mm -hmm. I'm not a tactical leader. I'm not like a, you know, let's, let's create a grid for this, that, and the other. I'm like, 
let's sit down and whiteboard what makes energy and what takes energy. Walk me through your day yesterday. Give me your energetic highs and lows. My leadership comes from energy. Mm-hmm. That's sort of how I live my life. I really believe that if there's one thing that I can teach people, it's that they have everything they need. They can use their voice to speak their truth. They can dedicate time, effort, and energy to doing more, to improving. They can leave if something's no longer serving them. I just want to empower people to just recognize that they don't need permission all the time to step into their power. I don't know where that came from. I think a a combination of a lot of really incredible humans that I have had the pleasure to meet in my life. Mm -hmm. Well, I love the way that you talk about your mom and your dad. It sounds like your dad really showed you work ethic and perseverance and your mom really showed you that kindness and empathy and humanistic part of your leadership. Would you say that those two things kind of shaped how you're a really effective leader? Yes. I feel proud of that, of how they parented me. Parenting is hard. But yeah, I mean, it's this idea of I'm always moving forward. I can do better. There's more to do. And I try to do it with kindness in a humane way because like at the end of the day, like we're all part of humanity and I want my ripple effect to be something that like builds someone up versus tears someone down. But I am not afraid of hard work. I enjoy it in a really weird way. I love it. I love building. I get energy from really complex problems that feel meaningful to me. I think a lot of us feel that way, right? And so I try to offer the same kind of opportunities for my team. I try to align their passion with projects that will just like, kind of catapult. So yeah, I definitely think that I'm a, a good combination of the two. They taught me well. I noticed that we're insights twins in the red, yellow, blue, green. It's hard to equate red energy with empathy. How do you think that you have this kind of energy that's moving forward, get it done, always improving, but remembering to kind of push that green and show up and be there for people? Yeah, you know, red is just a color. First of all, I love insights because it helps us understand where that person is coming from. Just like you can be happy and sad at the time, you can be red and empathetic. (laughs) Uh, And that's because we're human. Like, because we're talking about humans, we're not just talking about colors. So empathy exists in, in a human, in a person. It just maybe comes out in varying degrees. And some of us are more empathetic. Some of us are less. And there is no like right or wrong quotient in my mind, other than lacking empathy, that feels like something that could be improved upon. I always say like, I'm red on the outside and green on the inside. Here's what I'm not good at as a green. I'm not good at making a big deal out of birthdays, even though I love them. I'm not good at waving my pom-poms, even though I'm so proud. The empathy piece of the green is 100% there with me. And in fact, I think actually the bigger piece is no matter what color you are, It's finding comfort in how you show up with empathy, not to be mistaken with sympathy, which is Mm -hmm. different. Like you can't help but be empathetic. Life is hard. Like you can't help but be empathetic about that. It reminds me of Brene Brown, that empathy versus 
sympathy where they have the cartoon of her giving a little speech about the difference and it shows someone at the top of a hole with someone else stuck in the hole sympathy is yelling down it really sucks that you're in that hole and then (laughs) empathy is getting a ladder and going down into that hole and being like let's get out of this together and making sure you're providing yourself a way out when you join in that empathy, but creating a space together where you're there with them, lifting them out of that hole, instead of just saying, you know, that's, that's unfortunate. And I think that has shown up a lot in what you've said about lifting other people up and helping them kind of find their power. Yeah. First of all, Brene Brown Love her. Uh, We actually share the same birthday. And we both share a love for old country. I'm just saying. We're like twins. That kind of makes me laugh. This idea of like being stuck in a hole and seeing somebody up there and they're like, oh, well, bummer you're down there. Like (laughs) some leaders would say, well, they need to learn their lesson. Mm -hmm. And I would say, yes. And I'm going to climb down there with them because they might need somebody to talk it through with. Mm -hmm. They might not see how to get to the top of that hole. Leave no man behind. That's a great motto for me or no person behind rather because we all need help. Like that, that's also, I think a leadership component that I'm working on is that great leaders, good leaders, we all still need help asking for help. Right. And so if I need help, Mm -hmm. I cannot, withhold help from someone else. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to a leader that maybe shows up more transactionally? And how would you coach someone to help them move into that empathetic space with their team? It's a great question. Intuitively, my first response was get in touch with your human. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's my first response is get in touch with your human And then I I also think that the areas as leaders that we are least comfortable with in terms of leading, we're also least comfortable with internally. Mm -hmm. So so pay attention to that too. If it's, I'm trying to give kind feedback, but man, it always comes across as nice. Like I'm softening it or I'm changing it. Then perhaps what that's really signaling is that you should get curious about how you receive feedback. Mm -hmm. Giving great feedback often requires that you are able to receive great feedback and actually probably starts there. My advice is to get in touch with the human, which feels basic, but is incredibly, incredibly complex because in the words of Brene, it requires that we are vulnerable. To me, vulnerability is the most underrated superpower in the world. I can't agree more. Showing up vulnerable doesn't mean today I'm weak. Like sometimes I think vulnerability is mistaken for weakness. Vulnerability is strength. Mm -hmm. It's saying, here's where I am in this moment and I have work to Mm -hmm. do too. So get in touch with the human. This might be the least popular piece of advice. Worry less about other people's perception of you as a leader Mm -hmm. and act more on turning yourself into the kind of person that you would be proud of when you get to the end of the line, wherever that might be, you can turn around and say, man, that was the very best version of me. And I chose to show up that way every single day. 
versus trying to figure out who everybody else wanted me to be as this leader. Leadership is inherently inside of you and it is predicated on us just showing up authentically as ourselves in that vulnerable state and going for it. That's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking about pride that you just mentioned, what are you most proud of your team for? I have to pick one thing. That is hard. (laughs) That they show up every day endeavoring to try. Even when the fixed mindset is kind of plaguing a situation, Mm -hmm. they, they do their darndest to turn it into growth mindset and an endeavor to try, to try something new, to try and fail, to try and succeed, to try and learn, to try and listen. Like that brings it back to momentum, right? Like that brings it back to like compassion and inertia. Like you have to be willing to try before anything else can happen. And we've changed a lot and they've stuck with me. To me, it's because they have been willing to show up every day and really, truly try. Again, like, that's big energy stuff. If we all just showed up every day to say, I'm in it and I'm going to try, we make strides every day. We are learning, we are growing, we are imperfect, we try and fail, we try and succeed, and we do it together and we support each other. And we allow that space of empathy. Yeah, that is a very on-point answer for for you to not list a specific system or or project or something. (laughs) But, you know, once again, this internal motivation, right, to try. I mean, what a simple idea, but what a brilliant thing that so many people, myself included, need that all we can ask is that you really try thank you for being here today and for talking through how you lead and sharing some of yourself with everyone it's a a really important message i think that you're sharing compassion empathy energy effort just thank you thank you this was fun yeah 